Dr. Pedro Rivera was born in Munich, Germany. He was raised in Puerto Rico and attended Purdue University for both his undergraduate and veterinary degree. After graduation, he returned to Puerto Rico to practice, then moved back to Indiana to work in private practice before starting the Healing Oasis Veterinary Hospital in Sturdivant, Wisconsin with his wife, Michelle, in 1993. Dr. Rivera earned a certificate of completion from the Options for Animals Veterinary Chiropractic Program in 1998. He also completed advanced training at Options as well. He has also studied chiropractic neurology from the Carrick Institute and is a fellow of the American College of Functional Neurology, the only veterinarian to do so. He is also a diplomat of the American College of Veterinary Sports Medicine and Rehabilitation. Dr. Rivera and Michelle established the Healing Oasis Wellness Center in 1998. The school has both a veterinary spinal manipulative therapy as well as a veterinary massage and rehabilitation program that are nationally accredited. Dr. Rivera is also on the faculty at the Veterinary Chiropractic Learning Center in Ontario, Canada, as well as the Backbone Academy for Veterinary Chiropractic and Healing Arts in Sittensen, Germany. He also has extensive experience as both a national and international speaker. Please enjoy this conversation as Dr. Rivera and I discuss his upbringing, education at Purdue University, early years in practice, and his experience in teaching spinal manipulative therapy and rehabilitation to licensed professionals for over two decades. Dr. Rivera, thanks for joining me. How are you? Uh, I'm excellent. Uh, Dr. Neal, thank you for the invitation. We are honored to be here with you today. We're Uh, doing fine. Good. I'm so happy to talk to you. So if memory serves, you were born overseas, yeah? (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, I was born in Germany, in Munich, uh, 1961. And of course, uh, my parents were in the military. So I am a proud military brat. And uh, then we moved to Puerto Rico. And that's where I was raised. How old were you then when you moved to Puerto Rico? Um, To my recollection, I was about uh, four years old. Uh, We only stayed in Germany for a couple of years. Then uh, he got transferred to Philadelphia and then back to Puerto Rico. And Puerto Rico was since I was eight on up. So So at at what stage did you think that you wanted to become a veterinarian then? Well, believe it or not, I wanted to become a veterinarian um, since I was um, 10 years old. I had um, I was with the Boy Scouts and it's it's kind of funny, but I was doing this animal care merit badge and I loved it. I loved working with animals. Then when I was 16, um, I got involved as an EMT. Then I got my medic license. And I told my dad that it's like, look, I want to be a veterinarian. There's no two ways about it. And uh, he politely said, well, since I he work, he was a worker at the um, medical university in, in Puerto Rico. And he asked, it's like, look, do you mind if you can try human medicine? And if you don't like it, then continue with veterinary medicine. So I got my medic license and I was working as a medic. I was the youngest medic in Puerto Rico. And um, we we got called to a nasty traffic accident. We got there. Uh, when I got out, <laughs> the funny part, there was a, um, a person, you know, a lady in bad shape beside a dog. And I, I came to a screeching halt. 
and I'm looking at the lady. I know I have to work on her, but I'm looking at the dog. It's like, but the dog is having issues. Then I look back at the lady. Long story short, yes, I did take care of the of the lady, uh, but I don't know what happened to the dog. But after that, I told my dad, uh, there's no two ways about it. Um, I want to be a veterinarian. And he uh, backed me up all the way. So oh, that's, that's good. Just, yeah. <laughs> so when you were getting ready to go to school, I, I, I know you did your undergrad at Purdue. I mean, what, yes, took, it, what took you to Indiana? Well, the funny part is, first of all, I didn't even know where Indiana was. So I just applied to all the veterinary schools that I could apply to. And um, uh, Purdue was able to offer a little bit more financial help, not uh, primarily through loans. So um, I, I, again, I just decided to go to Purdue. Um, I could barely speak English and granted, I still can't, but <laughs> it's, uh, but um, I just got on a plane and next thing you know, I'm in West Lafayette, Indiana. And I had no idea where I was. I just got on a plane with my parents' blessings with the understanding, and I still remember this to this day, my dad just kissed me and he said, if you need to come back, you're welcome home. And I told him I wasn't going to come back without a diploma. And uh, that's all. That's all there is to it. So Purdue and I loved it. It was the best thing we ever did. So how many were in your vet school class? Uh, in the vet school class, we started with about uh, 58 to 60 students. Um, we finished with, if I'm not mistaken, again, that's 1986, which you weren't even born at that time. Uh, <laughs> you wish. But uh, uh, I think that we ended with uh, 54 or 55. But it was a small class, uh, very close knit. And we knew one another and we helped one another. So so how did school go with the English? You know, not not well, having... <laughs> yeah. it was uh, I started as an animal science major, you know, yeah. as a BS uh, in animal science. Well, two and a half, two years after I started, that's when I was able to complete all the pre requirements. Then I, I got accepted to Purdue. The funny part is that <laughs> during the animal science, you know, with my broken English, I'm, I'm still reading this um, animal science book. I'm like, what in the heck is an ewe? You know, E-W-E. -E. I'm talking about, I'm reading about ewees and ewees. And so I asked the professor, he said, what the heck is an ewe animal? Then I spelled it. Everybody starts, you know, laughing and they go, oh, that's an you. It's like, well, I know what a you is, but I don't know what an iwi is. And uh, so I, it, <laughs> I had to work a little bit hard to understand everything, but uh, it paid off. It paid off. So I know that E-W-E equals you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm learning English as we speak. <laughs> so... Uh... What was your idea? What did you want to do when you got out? Well, what I wanted to get, my main goal when leaving Purdue, even though I got offered a job as in the pathology department, it's like, look, I'm done with 
university. I need to get out of here. And um, I wanted to be primarily working with cattle. And I loved um, cattle. And Puerto Rico has a big, at that time, had a huge uh, cattle business, dairy farms, and I loved it. Um, but, you know, one thing is what you want. And another thing is what the supreme being has for you. So, um, and I can tell you one thing, the supreme being has a warp sense of humor. And um, so I started working with cattle, then with horses, then small animal, then repro with horses, which I loved, and then more small animal. And I, then I got, I, I got hooked on that. And that's, um, and then I expanded once I came back to the mainland. I, I think that was 1989, if I'm not mistaken. I came back to Kokomo, Indiana. Um, so, what was the reason to come back? Well, at, at that time, I just follow. Um, I, I just came to Indiana just to follow family. And um, um, I mean, once again, at least I knew at that time where Kokomo, Indiana was since I spent four extra years at Purdue uh, Veterinary Medical School. So um, but that's why I just follow family and uh, I spent a good two years, just about two years there in Indiana in Kokomo. It's very nice place. Uh, Jefferson Road Animal Hospital. I still remember. In fact, uh, he was Dr. Bob Mason was my best man in my wedding. So was it a big practice? Yeah, it was a very big practice. Um, in fact, they were primarily, in fact, not veterinarian wise, veterinary wise. Uh, there were only two of us, but then it expanded right now. I think that they have like four. We started doing mixed animal. And then, as you might imagine, the mixed animal practice became more and more small animal. And um, then after that, that's when I moved with uh, Michelle to um, Wisconsin. And literally, we just threw a dart. We said, let's move to Wisconsin. And ever since then, I have been here in Wisconsin. So the dart hit Sturdivant, Wisconsin. <laughs> the Mecca of Sturdivant, Wisconsin. Okay. We have, uh, now we have two traffic lights and we have a maximum security prison. And uh, we used to have a Hardee's, but due to the heart attacks and uh, cholesterol problems, they don't. But, uh, uh, but we still have a farm and fleet. So All right. we're up and coming. So you guys move there, start from scratch. Yes, sir. And so if my timeline's right, then options would have come up pretty quickly. What was the, so what was the idea that you wanted to do the chiropractic thing? Well, in fact, um, it was like a year before. In fact, I was still in Kokomo, Indiana. When I run, I stumble upon an advertisement from um, uh, the late Dr. Sharon Willoughby with the AVCA. Um, at that point, at that point, it was AVCA and options for animals. And um, I thought, why not? Of course, I took the program to prove that it was hogwash. Right. And um, 
and I was in severe pain, and that's when I met my first, the first chiropractor um, that I met. And um, he worked on me. I thought, oh, this is voodoo. Uh, long story short, I was able to move. I was able to do a cat spay without excruciating pain in my back. And I thought, well, maybe it was just, uh, you know, beginner's luck. And I took the program to prove that this was hogwash. Once again, the supreme being has a warp sense of humor. And uh, then after we moved, I continue with my studies with Dr. Willoughby. And um, that's all she wrote. Then I got involved with them. And then I was offered uh, full-time uh, teaching there for, and I stayed there is until 1999. That was my last module that I taught at Options. How many were in your class when you took the course? When I took the course, um, there were only four modules at that point. Most of the time, there were 60 to 70 people per class uh, at that point. Um, so, but it, that has changed completely, of course. Yeah. So it was a good size class, but just oh, yeah. you're jammed in there. Oh yeah. It was, <laughs> you, you, you're right. We were jammed and, you know, things have changed and there wasn't much hands-on, uh, needless to say, but, um, there was always a lot of good knowledge sharing in between all of the attendees. So we got along very well. Was that was that in Hillsdale or was that the before Hillsdale? That was bef that was in um, oh my lord! Uh, it was in a small um, shack. Literally, it was a double um, like a trailer, double trailer, and then they moved to Hillsdale, Illinois, and that's when they had their facility there. So it was before and during the move. Gotcha. So uh, at some point then, close to 99, then you and Michelle come up with the idea to start a school. What what, yes. what prompted that? Well, in 99 was the first official uh, module. Okay. In 1998, uh, we were running across a lot of lay people and uh, licensed professionals that weren't even trained on this, literally doing horrendous, um, providing horrendous services to, to animals. So we got frustrated. Long story short, I talked to one of the dean, dean of the veterinary school way back when at Purdue and the dean of the vet tech school at Purdue. And they were very polite. They said, okay, you're complaining. What are you going to do about it? Because if you don't do nothing, then you're part of the problem. So my wife and I thought, sat down and thought, okay, what can we do? It would be, the main job would be to educate um, our peers. Well, in Wisconsin, you cannot do any uh, school unless you are approved by the Department of Education, the state Department of Education. So we did contact them, we did our research, uh, we apply. It took about a year. So from 98 to to the end of the whole 98, 1998, we were doing paperwork, trying to start a school. 
And uh, literally, um, the funny part is the place that we had our vet hospital, they gave us two months to get out as we're doing all this paperwork and everything else. And that same day that the new owners of our rental facility said, okay, you need to get out. We decided to go home a different way, okay? Because we were depressed, so we took, instead of a right, we went left. And lo and behold, we stumbled into this building that they were, they, they were putting a for sale sign. And I got the information and uh, I called the banker the next day. And uh, long story short, we bought, bought that building. And four months later, we started the school. So literally, we ended 98 with just about nothing. And we started the school with a new building in 1999. So. Uh, that's, uh, but the main goal to answer your question was to educate peers and educate them the correct, the correct way, not just uh, giving kumbaya information. I mean, I'm talking about scientific information. Either uh, my goal is or our goal is to raise the bar. We don't want to dumb it down. Okay. So uh, we should make this clear that the, that building was for you were fortunate enough that you could have the school on the first floor and on the lower level you could have the clinic so it was kind of perfect yes it was and uh we only had seven i'm sorry nine days to literally um what do you call those to literally revamp and refurbish everything and and open so we did all the move and all the re, uh, renovations in nine days and yeah, low, the lower level was the vet hospital. And the funny part, again, <laughs> everything is it's, it's, it's quite funny, the thing it works for us. The lower level of the building used to be the police, the police department. So this building used to be the village hall. So it is not a, it was not uncommon for some of our <laughs> um, clients to start looking around and it's like, and ask us, wasn't this a holding cell? I just started laughing when they would say that. It's like, should I ask? How do you know that? And they turned bright red. You know, it's like, no, no, let's move on. It's okay. So, and the upper level was the um, village hall offices. So yeah, it worked out awesome. So from the from the from the jump, you were teaching uh, spinal manipulative therapy, right? And the reason we. Um, well, I wanted to call it animal chiropractic, but in Wisconsin, due to rules and regulations, which I respect out of my other peers, other professions like the chiropractic profession, they said that I could not call it animal chiropractic, even though I wanted to. But be that as it may, rules and regulations have to be followed to be a school and to provide a safety net for those that go through a school. So we decided to call it veterinary spinal manipulative therapy, uh, which VSMT and is the is a postgraduate education. So we got a, a trademark as CVSMT. So yes. What programs did you offer along the way, other programs in addition 
to VSMT. The, the first program that we started with, it had to be the massage and rehab. Okay, uh, because the state had to be uh, sure that we were not going to scalp anybody and then suddenly, you know, close and move to Tahiti or something like that. And within three months of starting the rehab program, the state said, "Okay, you're good to go. And the first year that um, the first class that we had for the VSMT, uh, we were only able to do um, veterinarians. They said only one profession, the first class. After that, you can open to other professions like you, you know, like we described on our catalog, including, of course, chiropractors. And um, so the first uh, class of the BSMT was only veterinarians. Even though there was a lot of misinformation, people were saying that we weren't allowing chiropractors. So they were talking out of their mouth. So they didn't know the whole story. And God bless them. And, um, but that's how we started. So we have, we started with the massage and rehab program. And then we follow with the VSMT or quote unquote animal chiropractic program. At what point, so you're 20 plus years in now, I, my timeline, my personal timeline is off. It re refresh me on when you guys got your national certification then. Well, back in 06, 07, um, my goal and Michelle's goal and the goal of the faculty was to further elevate our profession. So I talked to the state department of education and they said, well, the only other thing that you can do to provide even more credibility to the school would be to become accredited under the U S department of education. And we did. So we started in, uh, 2006, all the paperwork workshops, studies, and making sure that we can, you know, we we were able to fulfill all their requirements. And then 2008, that's when we got our first accreditation. And for first times, the longest that you can do it for first accreditation is three years. So they were pretty happy. We got three years um, first accreditation, and after that. We have received a full five-year reaccreditation, and I can tell you, those accreditation process—it's not for the meek. Um, I get pretty stressed when they're there. In fact, uh, we just started the process for next year. It takes about uh, six to eight months to do all the process. Now that we're, you know, rolling with the punches, so next year is our reaccreditation for the for the school and programs. And as I recall, there's a, there's a fair bit of expense involved with it. Besides yeah. your, your time, there's a lot of yeah. expense involved in that. Yeah, the expense, yes, there is expense, but uh, honestly, knowing that we're doing the best for the profession, uh, that's what I care. Um, it's sadly, most of the professionals don't know any different um, or they don't care to know, but we do. You know, that's the difference. Some people say, well, what do you want to do 
Why do you want to go through that headache? And I tell them, because I know the difference. And that's what I want. I want the best that we can do. And that's the way my mom and dad raised me. They always used to say, Pedro Luis, you know, and when the parents use both of your names, you better listen to them. They always <laughs> say, it's like, uh, either do it right or don't do it at all. So ever since then, I've been trying to do the best that I can. I mean, we should make the distinction that I th other programs don't go through this sort of certification. Right. Um, it is. Well, it is an accreditation. Uh, certification is one thing. State approval to become a school is the next step. And then you have national accreditation under the U.S. Department of Education by a um, recognized accrediting agency. Um, our agency that we are accredited with is the Accredit Accrediting Council for Continuing Education and Training, or ACET, ACCET.org. And, and just let's make clear what that allows you to call your graduates then. Well, number one, they go through a true school. So we are a true school providing a state-approved program. We provide our graduates with a true certification and diploma as attested by the faculty. So we are, um, we, we always say, be an orange. I want you to stand out. And that's what makes us stand out. And our faculty is composed of uh, several board certified veterinarians, experts. Um, I am board certified also in sports medicine and rehab. Uh, we have PhDs, professor from uh, Dean of Research at National University, Dr. Greg Kramer, among others. Uh, we have several board certified neurologists as well. So we are a true school providing the best faculty to our students. So they do get, like you mentioned, they get a true certification and diploma when they um, successfully complete the program. Very good. So just for those who aren't familiar, just run, run us through um, the, the outline, the course outline, how many hours, et cetera, for the VSMT. For the VSMT or quote-unquote animal chiropractic, that is a five-module. The first module now, because of good old COVID, it is online. It is very intense. There are 57 hours of asynchronous educational videos that you have to watch. And then on top of that, you have about 37 hours of synchronous educational webinars that you're required to attend. And then you have four modules of face-to-face -face, um, education. And the ratio that we have of students to faculty is about three students uh, on hands-on practicums per faculty. So uh, we have a very good um, learning ratio. Um, and then the it's 226 hours, but that is not including the time that you're going to spend practicing or also studying. The massage and rehab, that is 142 hours. Thus far, 
the massage and rehab program, it is still face-to-face. And that's four modules, Thursday through Saturday. The VSMT, the four modules that are face-to-face, that is Wednesday, 1 p.m. till Sunday at 1 p.m. So we put about 43 hours per module face-to-face. And most of those um, hours, it is hands-on practicum every afternoon, Thursday. You know, Wednesday when they come in, Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, we have uh, uh, at least four hours of minimum of hands-on clinical practicums. Over the years for the for the rehab course, <clears throat> what's what's the split been as far as veterinarians versus technicians? Well, this this current program in our uh, class is a little bit different. We only have one technician. We have uh, four veterinarians, four or five veterinarians, and one licensed athletic trainer for the rehab. Um, before, it has been pretty much 50-50 with certified, licensed, or registered vet techs. Uh, we're not, we, again, veterinary assistants, great. They're not technicians. So you have to be a licensed healthcare professional to be able to attend our program. So, but it has been, this one is different. It's, but before it was 50-50. So let's talk about your education a little bit. I know you got advanced training through options and then was the, uh, tell it, uh, explain the Carrick Institute. The Carrick Institute is, is an amazing institute. And um, that one, pre, uh, that's 32 modules at that time. Uh, it used to be, t- it used to take a couple of years, uh, two and a half years, almost three years to finish all the modules. If you would go, you know, month to month, I finished those 32 modules way back when, uh, in, uh, 13 months flying in between five different states. Would I do it again? Probably not. But, uh, so that one prepares you for the American, um, chiropractic neurology board. However, since I am not a chiropractor, I was not allowed to take the test. So I finished everything. Um, and at that point, they, a new college, the, Ameri- the, the American College of Functional Neurology came about, and I was honored to be able to become a fellow of the American College of Functional Neurology. And to my understanding, I'm still the only veterinarian as a fellow of the uh, ACFN. And uh, then I just kept on studying. I got involved with, uh, of course, I expanded my knowledge in rehab and I decided to um, sit for the um, diplomate testing for the American College of Veterinary Sports Medicine and Rehabilitation. And I'm a very proud diplomate. And of course, once I become part of something, then I get involved to try to help. So I am currently uh, with uh, members in three of the committees for that one as well. Having being a professional educator, going through that process for board certification with that group, how how did you feel that went? Well, it was very humbling. Um, I started studying um, board certification sometimes takes you sometimes to a different extreme. 
some people like more um, minutia, but it expanded my way of number one, studying, and number two, presenting different information to other people. So that's what I use my studies and while I was studying and talking to other fellow veterinarians that we were studying together toward the main goal of becoming a diplomat, I was able to pick up a lot of different ways on how to teach, explain, and reach that person that is, is, is not grasping the information. So that's, that's what I use that of course, it's nice to be a diplomat. I can tell you that, but but still, what I enjoy is the way of learning and also teaching to other people. I have to think that it must have been rewarding to, after all those years, decades of being involved in teaching a, a discipline that didn't have a board specialty, uh, to be able to be to be called, to be able to call yourself a specialist. Yeah, it's it is an honor when I got that letter. I can tell you I still I still have that letter from uh 2014. And at that point I was uh 54 years old when I became a diplomat. Uh, would I do it again? Probably not. But I can tell you I just got I just sat down and I cried like a baby, but it was a good, good, good tears. It was not tear of sorrow. I was like, good. Probably I was crying because I was so happy. I didn't have to take that test again. So, but, uh, but it was very nice. It was awesome feeling. Very good. So what's next for you, Michelle? What, what are your plans? Well, right now we're going to Disney. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, we're just getting ready for our um, online uh, live streaming um, conference starting this in two days on Friday. Um, and we have 10 great speakers uh, from Hillary Clayton, Dr. Kramer, uh, Dr. Henderson, uh, Dr. Hausler, Kevin Hausler. Uh, we have um, Dr. Lagaitas. We have Dr. Julia Tomlinson. So we have a lot of speakers. After, after that, probably I have three days downtime, and then we have Module 4 of the VSMT program starting next uh, Wednesday at 1 p.m. Good. So what's it been like? I know you've put on the annual conference for years to, to switch to a virtual Tell me about some of the work that's involved with that. Well, as a school, um, we have to be, um, number one, accredited for interactive distance learning. Um, we always, we have been, we always get CE so that those that attend any of our programs, postgraduate programs or continuing education seminars, they also get CE to renew their license. So we have been AAVSB race approved since 2001. We also have been working with the Minnesota Board of Chiropractic Examiners to also get CE for chiropractors that attend uh, certified vet techs the same. So it has been a little bit different. Um, I still personal, personally like 
face-to-face meetings. I like that. Um, online, people get distracted. They don't have that um, focus because they're going to do it from work. And um, I, I have noticed a little bit of a difference on students um, regarding online versus face-to-face. So, but I, I still like face-to-face the most. Good. Very good. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Likewise. Thank, likewise. Thank you for all the years of friendship and, and uh, being my teacher. Well, now you're becoming my mentor. So no, no, no stress to you now. Now you're my mentor. <laughs> best, uh, best wishes to you and Michelle and Daniel, of course. Thank you. Thank you very much. Congratulations on all the success over the years. Thank you very much. God bless. Thank you. Talk to you later. You betcha. Bye-bye.